Shomrabyug. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and back to On Digital Tiny Shomrabyug. I'm the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast, and I am not joined today by your common or garden co-host. I am joined today by the man who has the 34th most popular podcast in the literature section in Sweden of all time. It's Benjamin Colopy. I don't know if it's all time. It was for that Of week. all time, Ben. <laughs> yes, I'm big in Sweden, Michael. Well, no, I'm moderate in Sweden. The 34th most successful literature-based <laughs> podcast in Sweden. <laughs> iTunes literally sent me an email going, look at this. And I was like, that's not a big deal. You've bloody made it, Ben. <laughs> or as we say in Sweden, Ben, you've bloody made it. <laughs> would you like to hear an old Swedish ballad in celebration? Oh, yes, I would. I'd love to. The music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything music. Oh, you've had me on. It was just the theme music no, again. It was just the theme music, my You absolute bloody cuckold. Benjamin, I tell you what, we're not seeing much uh, return from this whole... GameStop thing, are we? No, we we should have invested more, Michael. We should have invested yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. People, Ben, it's your people, Ben. It's the Reddit, Ben. The Reddit, the the, the Wall Street bets, Michael. So we're reporting to you live from the end of the world, Michael. Um, it's been an interesting month, Michael, isn't it? We're we're recording this on the thirty first of January, twenty twenty one. A good fuck. It's been a strange one, all right, Ben. What a fucking some, month, Michael. Somewhat of a scientific and cultural revolution going on at the moment. <laughs> Do you remember last year, Michael, at the end of this, we're like, look, it can't be any worse. Well, Jesus, economic upheaval, societal upheaval. Look, it's all over, Michael. It's all over. But, Benjamin. Yeah. There's one thing that isn't changing. Go on. It's that there's still trailers. Yep, they come out every week like clockwork, Michael. Some of them good, some of them bad, and you can't invest in them. Doesn't work that way. Yeah, um, like GameStop. Like GameStop. So, Michael, we got a few a few little traily trails um, this week. And one of the ones that came out is, is HBO kind of giving a little flex. A very bold flex, I thought, Michael, where they were like, mm, mm. Mm, we're going to be great. And I was like, that's presumptuous. That is Here is a trailer of all of the films and film producers that we've just pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember this guy who wrote an open letter about how he didn't like this new model? Here's his film. Do you remember these guys who were like, I don't know if this kind of undermines cinema in general. Here's his film. Yeah, we've Um, got it. We've got the film. (laughs) We've got the film because they signed a contract and they didn't read the fine print. Yeah, they can't (laughs) have the film. We've got it. And we're going to put it out however we like. Um, And then there are some other things, Michael, like Space Jam 2, which I forgot was the thing. Mm, mm. I wonder, Ben, will Space Jam 2 be responsible for as many formative sexy bunny lady experiences as Space Jam 1 was? One can only hope, Michael. One can can only only hope. hope. Probably Um, not, though, Ben. Speaking of formative, uh, sexy uh, cartoons, I, uh, there's a, a trope going around the old tick and talk, Michael, and this is I've apropos heard of, of nothing, mm-hmm. um, where, where young ladies are comparing themselves to their boyfriend's original Disney princess crush. It's very interesting. Oh, oh that's very, very interesting. interesting. And I gave myself a thought, Michael. I had a little think to myself. I was like, mm, who would that be for me? And do you know who yeah. it was, Michael? Uh, princess Jasmine. It was Princess Jasmine or, yeah. I'm not sure which one now. Or Megara from Hercules, who technically isn't a princess and explains a lot about me. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and she's a big ginger, Ben. Is she? Isn't she? Isn't she? She's is purple she? hair, as far as I know. Oh, is she the baddie? Yeah, she's the baddie, remember? Oh, uh, no, I've never seen Hercules. Remember that? Ah, oh, Michael, so good. 
I've never seen so Disney's good. Hercules, Ben. You don't give me grief. You only saw Jaws last week. I'm not giving... I'm just saying so don't good. Don't you give, you give any me grief, any Michael. grief. I don't shame don't, people for what they haven't seen. Don't you give me any Hercules-based grief. So, Michael, that brings me to my next question. Who was your formative Disney princess? I don't remember, Ben. I don't know. Shame. I'm such a bloody... I'm such a bloody lech, Ben. I can't remember specifically. <laughs> They're all formative to me. I think it might have um, been Nala from The Lion King, Ben. That's a surprisingly common answer. Um, And then, more shockingly, none of the human women on TikTok match up. Yeah, no, that's weird. How can they ever live up to those wild expectations? It's just bizarre. It might have been prisoners prisoners to Jasmine, Ben. I can't speak. I'm so cold, Ben. My face has gone numb. (laughs) I'm sorry, Michael. I had no idea. I'm I'm so cold. What's wrong? uh, the tiny room, Ben, uh, you know, occupy tiny room. I haven't been in here very much this week, so it's just, it's like a fucking freezer in here. My face is numb. <laughs> so do you want to go get a hat? No, no, I'll just wheels? put my hood up. I'll put my hood up. Um, so, Michael, I had a, an unusual reaction. I went, for for a half a second there, I thought um, Morbius the Living Vampire was being shown to us in the mini trailer. And I was like, HBO don't own that property. Why are they showing that? No, um, it was just Jared Leto. It's not, it's Jared Leto just looking knackered and worn out. It's, um, I can't remember what it's called. The Little Things, is that what it's called? It's The Little That's Things. It's and it's Denzel Washington versus Jared Leto, who is a serial killer mm. of some kind. So we're going to enjoy that. Um, we, we got to see Suicide Squad snippets. I, I don't even think I'd call it a teaser, Michael. It's No, nah, no, nah, it's not. It's not really. About is it? five seconds of footage. Mm. It's got John Senna in it. John Senna, we can see him this time, but only because they put a big mask on his face. Yeah, a big shiny mask. Um, and for some reason, they use that to really flex on their audience where they say, nobody likes to show off. And he says, unless what you have to show off is dopest. And then it's like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's dope as fuck. That's what he uh, couldn't say because it's just yeah. a trailer. <laughs> we got our first glimpse at the bloody Justice League poster this week, Michael, for the Snyder Cut. Very grim. Yeah, very grim. Shocking from uh, Zack Schneider, who's known for his cheery depictions of life and things like that, you know. Um, no, no, he's not so much, Ben. No. Oh, sorry, I forgot. He's actually grim. And Quite miserable. grim, yeah. <laughs> and he just likes a dark universe. Yeah. He just likes a dark universe. Although he didn't, um, like, um, he didn't like the dark universe. No, no. Notoriously um, not a fan. No. Notoriously not a fan. Had a big poster outside the premiere for The Mummy saying, boo. Boo, boo, boo the mummy. Yeah, it didn't go well, though, because people thought he was into it. He was like, boo, the mummy. <laughs> so it was, I don't know where we're going with this one, Michael. Um, <laughs> I don't I'm gonna, know where you're I, going. I'm, I'm going to walk out of it. Benjamin, <clears throat> Godzilla versus Kong. Let's get you back on track here. Let's get me back on track, baby. Ben- Benjamin, did you see the trailer for the upcoming film, Godzilla is going to fight with King Kong? Yeah, there's a little girl and she's got a strong bond. Yeah, but there's another little girl and she's also got a strong bond. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of the strong bonds. I, I don't I you don't always, know if I care about this film. <laughs> you always have to have a, a little girl who has a strong bond these days. Yeah, because, I yeah, I don't know. L- look, we looked at the trailer, Michael. Um, Kong has taken off Skull Island, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know how they did that because it was such a disaster last time. Poor Tom Hiddleston had a real I- tough time with and he's um, at least 10 times bigger than he was in the 70s. Oh, yeah, no, they've pumped him up. But remember, he's he was massive. only a child, Michael. He's in massive. The, in the Skull Island film, he was only a baby, a wee little baby. Yes, but Benjamin, when when animals grow, they don't just re- 
retain the exact same proportions. He was clearly an adult gorilla, and now he's just a ten times bigger, but exactly the same proportioned adult gorilla. Do you know why that is, Michael? Yes. Because they realised that a tiny Kong versus Godzilla wouldn't work. I would prefer to see that. I would prefer to see Kong climbing up Godzilla's leg and just punching him in the soft underbelly. (laughs) Climbing around the back of him going... I mean, do do we care, Michael, about this film? We're going to have to go see it, obviously, or we're going to have to see it in some form. I very deeply care about this film. Because, Ben, I don't know if you've seen it, Ben. There's a scene where... Kong is on the ship and the ships are attacked by Godzilla and Godzilla comes out of the ocean and a woman is there and she says, it's Godzilla. <laughs> and I mean, that's all I'm into, Ben. That's all I want to see. That's your whole vibe. That's my that's whole, whole thing. Um, I'm hoping, Michael, for a return of nature photographer turned apex predator uh, specialist um, photographer Jones, whose name I can't remember. <laughs> That would have been a reasonably good joke if you'd remembered his name. Yeah. <laughs> it was Matthew Broderick, wasn't it? It's not Matthew Broderick. That's the It is Matthew one. Broderick. No, it's the fucking ex-husband of the the giant traitor to humanity in the Godzilla film. Oh, Kyle Chandler. Yeah, it's Kyle Chandler. It's always Chandler. Kyle Chandler. It's always Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler is in everything. <laughs> I hope he comes back. Um, it doesn't look like Eleven's going to be in this one. She's in it. Oh, is Millie Bobby Brown in it? Millie Bob's is in it, yeah. She oh, plays the, the young girl who has the strong bond with Godzilla. Wouldn't it be great if they save on budget and just have the two young girls with strong bonds duke it out? That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just forget the monsters, just the two just, girls. Well, the two monsters just sit down and watch and go, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. My young girl that I share a strong bond with beating the crap out of your young girl. Because Millie Bobby Brown's, what, 16, 17 now? So much bigger kick- than, much better, much bigger than the other one. Yeah, she's going to kick the shit out of her. <laughs> probably go to jail. Probably. Or juvenile <laughs> detention, at least, Millie at Bobby least. Brown. I don't know if they still have that in this world, Michael, because everything's been destroyed by bloody monarch shenanigans. Yeah, and mutons. And mutons. Um, I can't remember, Michael. Did the did Mothra die in the last one? Yes, Mothra died and imbued its power into Godzilla. <laughs> how Disney. And, and um, that's how Godzilla... It's, it's nothing to do with Disney. Disney, that's how Godzilla came back and beat King Ghidorah. We must do an episode on the famous trope, uh, Michael, fridging your kaiju. <clears throat> yeah, or when moths die. What happens when moths die? Um, yeah, that's a good question. What does happen when moths die? They they imbue lizards with their power, Ben. It's I it's abundantly clear. That. Yeah, it's I abundantly didn't know that at all. You've obviously uh, never seen the film Godzilla, <laughs> King of the Monsters. So, Michael, from one giant monster to one tiny monster, I, I sent you a link for a trailer this week. For some uh, reason. For some reason. And um, this is what Disney does when they get their hands on a Marvel, on the entire Marvel property. Um, they decide, Michael, to make something called <laughs> Flora and Ulysses. No, not Flora and Ulysses. Flora and Ulysses. Yeah, because they do the American thing, Ulysses, yeah, isn't it? They're pronouncing it incorrectly, Ben. They put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. I think it's a Ulysses L. Grant. What's his name? What's the guy who was in charge of the country during a civil war? Ulysses S. Grant. Ulysses Ulysses, S. Grant. Ulysses Lincoln. I I I don't know. Something Obama. Ulysses Obama. Something like George that. Washington, George Washington Lincoln. Yeah, he's you know that guy. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, he's Michael, hatched. we got we got a trailer to a superpowered squirrel for some reason, um, and it's. <laughs> 
it's the most shoehorned way to work Marvel in. It's like, I read the comics, but they're not real. If only we had a hero in the real world. And then we get a superpower scroll. A bloody superpower scroll. It is a weird intro to a to a trailer to just show comic panels of Captain Marvel, yeah. Miss Marvel, Iron Man. Yeah. And then, and then go, but they're not real. Here's this superpowered squirrel. Yeah, because this is way more realistic. It's superpowered squirrel. Sorry. It's, look, I... I would like to point out this is two grown men bashing what's intended to be a children's film um almost certainly but it's just bizarre it's based on a series of children's books i'm just having a little look around ben here to see if i can find the two grown men you're talking about <laughs> there's no bloody there's no bloody sign on the roof behind you michael they're pinned oh, okay, to the roof good. like a couple of vampires um yeah so we got the trailer for that michael and your one big takeaway from it was do you know apparently squirrels do superhero landings in real life <laughs> they do ben you can look it up that's how squirrels often land that's my my favourite Michael tidbit. Uh, Michael, from trailers of things we will be able to watch to things that we have watched this week. What are we watching this week? Uh, I'll tell you what, Ben. Go on. I have been watching more of the show, which might be commonly known as The Expanse. But in our house, it's called Captain Amos and His Space Friends. <laughs> that's an interesting and, choice. Yeah. <laughs> He's not the captain, Ben, but that's what we call it around here. We call it Captain Amos and his space friends, or what's going on in space. Um, but I, I tell you what, Ben, first of all, very good, very good show. Very good show. Massively underrated, Ben. Why is it not in every conversation? It's a great show. Where are you now in, in The Expanse? Well, that's the funny thing, Ben. I'm about halfway through season three. Okay. So I'm making a steady clip, but it is one of the weirdest paced and produced shows I've ever seen in my life. And mm. I figured out why. Go on. Because, Ben, it's based on a series of books. Yes. But rather than base it as one book per season. Which would be the sensible thing to do. Well, maybe not the sensible thing to do, but the common thing to do. Go on. They have based it around um, about one book per 15 episodes. Really? Yeah. So it that leads explains to, a lot. Doesn't it, Ben? It explains some really weird stuff. So, for example, um, the Eros incident. There are going to be some mild spoilers here, but I mean, yeah. if you're this deep into it, you're going to know anyway. The Eros incident, Ben, mm-hmm. is resolved in episode in season two, episode five or six. Yeah. Right? With with Jim Miller and the Eros and Julie Mao and all of that stuff. And then the very next episode is very confusing and tonally different, where it introduces Bobby and the Martian Marines and what's going on on Ganymede. And you're like, what happened to the other? That's a a book distinction, Ben. That's the end of one book and the start of another. That makes a lot of sense now. Where are you, Benjamin? uh, I am first two episodes of season three. Okay, fine. Right. Just completed. So, let So... I will tell you then this, Ben. The 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 second um, storyline, the hybrid storyline. Yeah. That also resolves in about 15 episodes. Get out of town. But in this case, Ben, it's the last eight episodes of season two and the first seven of season three. Oh, that's so weird. My it's God. weird, Ben. It's weird. So then halfway through season three, Ben, which is where I am. Yeah. 
It takes There's a, a time shift <laughs> and it completely changes tone and story and plot and it's bizarre. There's new characters, there's new haircuts. I have to weird. say, when they initially introduced Gunny and the the Martians, Bobby and the Martians, yeah, um, which would be a great name for a band. <clears throat> but um, I, I I was so against it because I was like, no, no, wait, 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 who's Back this? To the Ross and Yes, <laughs> I don't have time for new characters. I'm invested in somebody else. Go back. Yes. <laughs> But it's uh, um, it's very good. It's very interesting, and I think it's a byproduct of the show's weird history of being moved around networks and cancelled yeah. and revived, and almost definitely. having short episode orders and stuff like that. Because it started out as a sci-fi gig, didn't it? It did indeed, like yeah. Killjoys, like Killjoys, but less Canadian. Be everybody's property. <laughs> yeah, it's it's my favorite uh, show. Had to go with the expanse. It's so good, Ben. So good. Everyone should watch it. Get on it. Speaking of things that are so good and should be watched, Michael, what else did you watch this week? I bloody saw episode four of One Division. Then now, Michael, this for me was I'm gonna I'm gonna come right off the bat here and say not my right. favorite episode. Oh, not my favorite episode. And I think the reason is not my favorite episode is because okay, we do spoilers, so we I'm assuming we're doing spoilers. Yeah, we do spoilers. Yeah, okay, we do, we do a little spoilers. spoilies spoils. Weekly, so weekly. spoilers, if you don't want to hear them, leave. Yeah. Um or skip forward five minutes or so. Or just fuck off. <laughs> okay, that was the spoiler fuck off brought to you by Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Yes. Um, so there was no shock in this for me when Geraldine is turned over on her back and she goes, it's all Wanda. I was yeah, like, yeah. yes, obviously. I yes, think, it was, yeah. I think that was a big reveal maybe for someone who's not familiar with the Scarlet Witch. Mm. And and they're like, oh, whoa, it's not somebody else doing it. It's <laughs> it's her. It's her. But for me, I was like, yes, clearly. Yeah, there, were, <laughs> there were no surprises whatsoever in this episode. Yeah. I blame a lot of it on the trailers, to be honest. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's that. Because you imagine the surprise, Ben, if we hadn't seen the trailers and Jimmy Woo had shown up. That would have been great, Michael. And you're like, it's Jimmy Woo from the Ant-Man films. And did you notice, Ben, the first thing he did was some close-up magic. Which was taught to him by none other than Mr. Paul Rudd. Yeah, very good. So well, that's very exciting. Teased to him. By Paul yeah, yeah, Rudd. yeah. And of course, I mean, the my, my big takeaway from this episode, Ben, was there is enormous, enormous storytelling potential in the snap and the blip. Oh, Michael, the best blip reference of any Marvel thing I've seen so far. That scene where they're all rematerializing in the chaos of the hospital. Oh, yeah. Mm, chef's kiss. Num, num, num. Yeah, and num, the, only num, other, num. the only other post-blip thing we've seen, remember, is Spider-Man Far From Home. Which was no good for post-blipness, where everyone was like, this is fine. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's back to normal. But, I mean, there was the weirdness of everyone rematerializing in the school hall we would call it i don't know what the, the gymnasium as they say in america yeah but it was done in a little flashback video and we didn't really get a num 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 of it yeah we, we just got a, a, a bloody whiff of, i would like to it. see ben a super a, a tv series not a superhero tv series just Go about on. normies the likes of you and maybe uh shane and oh, yeah 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 and i would like to see a series which follows a three-year series ben okay and I would like to see season one of the series be the first year after the blip. Okay. After the snap, sorry. Where half the population snappy. of the world has disappeared. Yeah. What a show that would be. 
Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? The grief, Ben. The confusion. The infrastructure. The chaos, Michael. The chaos of it. Then, season two should be year two and three. That'd be good. things things are starting to kind of become normal. Yeah. And then season three should be the first year post the blip, where everyone's back. Yeah. The return of the Mac, so to speak. Exactly. Because Uh, it's only been very, very briefly dealt with in... Spider-Man and now WandaVision. Yeah, but it was, oh, it was, I, I thought that was the most interesting thing about the episode, Michael, was, was that watching that scene of chaos unfold and poor Geraldine being like, God damn it. Or Monica Rambeau, which we can call her now. because Yeah, her name's Monica Rambeau. Yeah, she's Monica Rambeau. But like, that was interesting, Michael. Give me some of that. Num, 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 num. Mm. Bloody, uh, such a dark twist and such a great way to not get the actress back and pay her money from the Miss Marvel movie or the Captain Marvel movie where it's like, oh, she died. She died. Um, well, she yeah, I suppose she wouldn't be that old. She'd be 60s, maybe. Maybe. They could age her up, Michael. They'd have no yeah, yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, They'd yeah, have no yeah, problem. Yeah. They just didn't want to waste time with it, which is fine. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Woo, though. Great return. Great return, Great return of Jimmy, of Jimmy Woo. Woo. Darcy um, got her doctorate. Darcy, yeah. Darcy from Thor 2. Everyone's favourite character from the yeah. Thoraverse that yeah, yeah. people yeah, definitely yeah. still care about. <laughs> yeah. I think Kat Dennings is eminently watchable I thought she was oh, she great no, every time she was on screen she was great in fairness she is eminently watchable but as usual she is just Cat Dennings yeah, in, yeah. in Marvel world in... yeah she's just doing a Cat Dennings yeah she's just doing a Cat Dennings but it works eminently watchable is, is an excellent way of phrasing Cat Dennings career she's just fun to watch <laughs> yeah She's just having a laugh. Um, She's up on screen with too much lipstick, having a laugh. Yeah, Sword. We got a little bit more information on Sword. Yeah. Uh, um, Sword. Apparently Sword have always been there. Sword just, have always been there. They've just been renamed to Sword. Not not true, though. They haven't always been there. This is bloody... No, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of revisionist history, Ben. Um, one of my favourite moments, Michael, is where we finally get a glimpse into the world from Wanda's perspective and we get Dead Vision. Oh, that was very good, wasn't it? And she was that like, was oh, I'm very not looking good. at it. Like, oh, Jesus wept. Because it caught me off guard, Michael. I just went, oh, to fuck. <laughs> um, oh, he's dead. He's dead. It was very alarming, Michael. Very alarming. Um, and I like the play now where he's a bit of a Jiminy Cricket. He's like, we can leave here. It's mm. like Wanda's subconscious trying to be like, hey, hey, maybe kidnapping yes. an entire town yeah. <laughs> and holding them to your will isn't the best. It's suboptimal. Suboptimal. Have you and seen Wanda's Benjamin? like, no, no, we're staying. Hmm? Have you seen the leaks from season five, from episode five? Uh, where we get to, we get a little Evan Peters action. A little bit of Evan Peters. Yeah, mm, a little bit of Evan Peters. I think he's going to do an 80s style sitcom cameo. Um, you're going to hear the, the classic canned laughter and the woo when he walks on screen. And that's, is that's it, it's 80s, isn't it? It's, I, I'm well, assuming. Next week is the 80s. Yeah, I'm assuming it's the 80s. So the question is, Ben, next week, is it going to be a sitcom episode again? Is it going to be an outside world episode? Or is it going to jump backwards and forwards between the two, like we thought would happen the whole time? What I'd prefer, Michael, is a sitcom episode, believe it or not. Um, I don't know if I'm all that... I do, I'm really enjoying the sitcom thing. <laughs> and I don't think I don't think that's the right way. I think if it was to jump in and out that would be better from a storytelling perspective, but I just don't care about the why at the minute. I'm more interested to see how Wanda's PTSD plays out. <laughs> mm, um, interesting. I'm I'm more interested in seeing 
the weird twists and turns. I want to know what the deal with Catherine Han is. I want to know why some of them are defending the world that they're in. Others are trying to escape. I want to know, Michael, why a government uh, operation with a drone sent in a weird box helicopter um, that uses a rotary thing like a toy helicopter. And then for some reason they were like, oh, look, she made it retro in the thing, even though it's clearly just the same helicopter with a box clapped around it. That really bothered me. Monica Rambeau's drone at the beginning, Michael. I don't know why it bothered me so much, but it did. Would look forward... Would look forward to seeing a lot more Jimmy Woo, Monica Rambeau action. That was an enjoyable little interchange. I like like that nobody can see Westview except for people outside of Westview. Yeah, that That was such a place, Ben. That was good. A missing towns case. Very witty Mm. from Jimmy Woo. Um, So looking forward to a bit more of that, Michael. Yes, I enjoyed that the people who've been sent to investigate are all also sitcom alumni. They are. We've got Jimmy Woo, who's in the Fresh Off the Boat gang. Yes, 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 yes. We've got Kat Dennings, two broke ladies, girls. Two of them, know. and they're broke, yep. Two of them, and they're broke. Money, so, they're, so they're waitresses. Um, who else have we got? Veronica Rambo. what's she from? <laughs> I, don't I don't think, I, I think she's pretty new on the scene. I don't actually know that actress very well. New on the scene from her classic sitcom, New on the Scene. New on the Scene, New on the Scene um, in Hollywood. Yeah. All we need now is Zoe Deschanel as a tough-talking, no-nonsense cop, and we're, we're in. That would be pretty funny, yeah. She's been um, in every sitcom. We're in. Um, or Jerry Seinfeld. If Jerry Seinfeld might show up as Can you the devil. imagine? Can you? Michael, I will lose my mind if Jerry Seinfeld shows up um, in WandaVision. That'd be great if Jerry Seinfeld shows up as Mephisto. Oh, oh Michael, stop it. Stop That's it. some of the finest casting we've ever done here. Don't go podcast. wasting my emotions, Michael. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that'd be sold. Good. That is be good. the best casting decision we have ever made on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, Jerry Seinfeld as Mephisto. Speaking of Jerry Seinfeld's unmistakable influence on the TV landscape, Michael. Yes. Have you ever seen the classic Seinfeld episode, The Chinese Restaurant? Jesus, Ben. Now, I know I'm ruining it, but that was a smooth-ass transition. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. That was absolutely delicious. <laughs> I mean, I've completely undermined it now, but bloody hell, that was good. That was the... Wow! I couldn't believe you gave me Jerry Seinfeld. My brain literally went, oh my fucking God! Absolutely delicious. Well, now that I've ruined it, why don't you tell us about how that's a good bottle episode? So, Michael, way, 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 way back in the 1980s... Yeah. Seinfeld was an up-and-coming dynamite show. Um, And I suppose there was a convention in television, Michael, called the Bottle Episode. Mm. And there are many debates on where that name came from, but apparently it came from a kind of a Twilight Zone knockoff called The Outer Limits. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, Or is it the other way around? The other way around? The other way around. Damn it. No, no, it's not that. It's just how very dare you denigrate one of the greatest genre TV shows of all time, The Outer Limits, by calling it some Twilight Zone knockoff. All right, fair enough. I've been very unfair to The Outer Limits there, ladies and gentlemen. My deepest apologies. But basically, that show in its initial days um, was failing quite heavily. So one of the writers came up with the concept of just using sets they'd already built and, you know, kind of keeping the show to that. That later went on, became a huge Star Trek thing. They were called ship episodes in the Star Trek kind of writer's room. All right, but I think Star Trek's older than The Outer Limits, isn't it? I'm not sure. I think they're around the same time. I'm not 100% sure. 
In fact, I think The Outer Limits is in black and white. Oh, yes. You're probably right. Um, so is Star Trek. I'm not 100% sure, but I, 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 we will double check that. No, no, it's fine. Um, Just keep going. I believe you. So anyway, um, very often, Michael, the the bottle episodes they're they're fixed set episodes. Mm. Um, there's a limited amount of interaction with the outside world of the TV show. It's usually set in a familiar location for the audience. There are one or two introductory scenes to kind of introduce the conceit or mm. to let the audience know what's happening in this particular episode, and then we find ourselves in a familiar setting. Or simply a limited set. So in the case of Seinfeld, Michael, um, that's the famous Chinese episode, the Chinese restaurant episode from season two, I want to say. Um, now, at this point, unfortunately, bottle episodes have kind of garnered a reputation as a little bit boring. A little bit um, cheap. A little bit gross. cheap. It was a, a money-saving tactic. And so a lot of bigger networks were like, well, we're trying to get that big audience. We're trying to hold their attention. I don't know if we're going to let Seinfeld have a bottle episode. So apparently Larry David threatened to quit. Oh. Um, unless his bottle episode was put in season two. And they went ahead with it. And Michael, it's one of the best comedy dynamics because each character is completely defined by this episode. We It's, it's a masterclass in using what an audience understands about the character to push a story forward in a funny way. Every character acts exactly as you would expect. And Larry David and the other writers have chosen perfect situations to highlight and just let that giant glaring character flaw shine. Go on. So in the case of George Costanza, the the person that everybody actually is, even though they think they'd be Seinfeld, mm. everybody's actually George Costanza. He has to make I a phone think call. Of myself, I think of myself as more of an Elaine. Oh, you are an absolute Elaine. Yeah, 100%. You are an absolute Elaine. One hundo mm. p lane, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, George Costanza is um, has to make a phone call to his girlfriend, who he is debating on whether or not to invite to the restaurant. Um, right. And to make that phone call, to make the limit, he has to use a payphone. But there's another man on the payphone taking a very long time, um, oh. and so we get to see George's meltdown at society and the unfairness of life. And da, da, da. but what it actually is, Michael, is his reluctance to invite his girlfriend in the first place. Yeah, he could have just invited her. He could have just invited her. He should have just invited her. And that's the way it works. We get to see Jerry Seinfeld trying to use his kind of name and uh, small fame to swing his way into a table at the restaurant. Um, And that's the conceit of Jerry being a little bit arrogant about how good he is at his job and how popular he is doing different things. Um, And that becomes very entertaining, Michael. And then we see Elaine have a little hangry meltdown. Um, and her absolute impatience, which is her greatest character flaw, is uh, revealed in inglorious detail, Michael. It's all set in the waiting room of a Chinese restaurant. And it's very, very good. Nothing actually traps them there, though, does it? It's just that they're they're stuck waiting. Yeah, so that's one of the interesting things. It's a, a situational constraint where they're going to a movie, which is a kind of classic Seinfeld thing because they all go to the movies together. A little bit mm. like our Wednesday night cinema clubs, Michael. Remember cinemas, Ben? Oh, cinemas. Less, yeah. Less. Many. Although AMC could be getting a rally. I don't know. Yeah, just saying. Yeah. If we if we hold if we stay diamond hands, Ben. Yeah, diamond hands, baby. Uh, to the moon. To to the moon. Um, but yeah. Oh God. That's how you know we're getting old, Michael. We're taking far too much glee in these <laughs> kind of memes. Memes. Yeah. Ben. 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 Yeah. 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 Ben. It seems to work. The bottle episode. The the concept of the bottle episode. The ship in a bottle, Ben. Yeah. 
episode um, seems to work very well in sitcoms because there's also a very famous and very popular and pro- possibly one of the best ever episodes of Friends is a bottle episode. The one where nobody's ready, Michael. Yes, that's the one, Ben. And that's it's, uh, I mean, they're not really trapped in a, in a, <laughs> Friends is a strange one to call it a bottle episode because most Friends episodes are just in the apartments and in the coffee <laughs> yeah, shop. Yeah, it's true. So it's like, what uh, is this really a bottle episode? Because every episode is a bottle episode. But there are no other characters. There's no Gunther. There's no Janice. There's no... It's just the six main characters that everyone loves, winky wink, doing their... <laughs> showing off their psychoses. Yeah, so it's... it's uh, Core characters are usually the 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 key to a good bottle episode, Michael. We don't introduce any new characters. We've got no side characters, no plot fodder. Mm. Uh, none of that... Um, and yeah, that that one's kind of interesting. It's just Ross having a meltdown a lot of the time. Ross um, has a meltdown, but it also has probably the best single gag in the entire history of Friends, the one of the most memorable gags, when Joey runs off and comes back wearing all of Chandler's clothes. Yeah, he comes in But the door. without underpants, and he does a bit of lunging. It's, uh, it's one of the best moments in all of Friends history. One of the very few golden moments, Michael, devoid of kind of problematic things these days, oh. apparently. Apparently. Nope. Nope. Oh, nope. Get back on your bloody millennial bus there. Okay, fine. I'll get back on the bus. Um, get back on your millennial bus, Ben. So, uh, one of the things, Michael, I suppose, that distinguishes a sitcom bottle episode from a sci-fi bottle episode or something like that is usually in a a more... How am I going to put this? I don't know. Poorly, I would say. Uh, well, well, that's generally how I put things, Michael, isn't it? Uh, poorly put with Benjamin Pollopy. With Benjamin, Benjamin Pollopy, yeah. The weekly millennial podcast where Ben attempts to be a social justice warrior and fails horrifically. Um, yes, I'm familiar I'd with I'd listen it. to that. I do. <laughs> oh, that was very good. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank well you done. I'm hurt, but I laughed too much for it to last. Oh, good. Um, yes, good. So anyway, in your 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 Buffy's, your Fireflies, your X Files, the constraint on the characters can be more supernatural in nature. Oh, more um, exciting! We don't necessarily need it to be a situational issue. We can have it be something much much worse, Michael. Much more sinister. Um, so I was forced to watch Buffy this week, Michael, because every bloody list I consulted about bottle episodes went on about Buffy and the bottle episode and Buffy so I had to go watch Buffy I think it's time for you to face your anger about Buffy what no. exactly is it were you Ben at some stage was your heart broken by a tiny little blonde woman Sarah Michelle Gellar never replied to my fan letter in 1998 and I will never <laughs> forgive her good okay um, you were four and, Ben in 1998 uh, yeah but I was very smitten <laughs> All right. it took me hours with that crayon to write out I love you Sour. SMG. SMG. Um, uh, yeah, Heartbreak by Blonde Women is pretty much par for the course on the other end of things, Michael. So maybe it's just an entirely embittered relationship to uh, tiny blonde women. Maybe that's what it is. Sarah Michelle Gellar turned 43 weeks ago, Michael. Yeah, well, that's the that's the ravages of time for you, Ben. Yeah, that's it. That's how it works. She still looks yep. good. I, I'm not going to say ravages of time when it comes to Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. She's, you know, she's fine. No, I... I was talking about me, Ben. I'm also almost 40 and look at the fucking state of me. You look great in a swimsuit, Michael. I'll have nothing else. I do look great in a swimsuit. I do, but to be fair. But my poor face, Ben, look at it. It's been ravaged by the ravages of time. I think it's just COVID, Michael. I think it's take a screenshot, Ben. In the house all day. Uh, yeah, hang on. I need to move my recorder out of the way to take a little screenshot there, Michael. 
because otherwise you'll get a big bloody audacity thing in there and that's no good where is my there it is gotcha yeah, put um, that on instagram ben call it the ravages of time yeah i don't know if we want to alienate more people from the instagram by showing them that particular face but i'll do it thanks sarah michelle geller i tell will her, t- <laughs> tell her it's fine sarah you're doing well <laughs> are you well because you're looking well and michael's it, not <laughs> it could be you could be worse sarah michelle geller now let's talk, stop talking about aging ben and talk about the bottle episode of buffy the vampire slayer so michael there's a there's a sisterly bond in the old buffster the vampire slayer mm. between buffy and her sister dawn yes the worst character dawn the objectively worst character, Michael, and I never really understand your, I never really understood your issue with Don until this very episode, Michael. Um, and my God, do I have several issues with the character of Don. Um, so, where do we start? <laughs> Don's a big whiny winester. Yes, um, she is. And she's like, oh, Buffy doesn't spend any time with me. She's too busy bloody going off and saving the world. Um, so she's having a little moan and she makes a wish to the wish demon. Yeah. Who's running around in this episode in, in that season. Is it that season? She's only in three or four episodes. She's only in yes. three or four episodes. But she is there, Michael. Halfrick. What's her name? Halfrick. There you go. Well, Halfrick's there. And Dawn has a little natter with her on the porch. And Halfrick's like, wish granted. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, You're stuck now. And so then, Michael, what we see slowly revealed through the course of the episode is that nobody can leave the Summer's home. Mm. Uh, and different characters come in and out and they get trapped in the house and hilarity ensues, right? But so we have a couple of interesting little character interactions. Spike and Buffy kind of reach ahead on their uh, sexual tension, their will they, won't they? Oh, will they ever just get a room together? Oh, no, they'll never be together. And they have a little argument in the hall. And this is where we kind of fully realize what's happening in the house where Buffy's like, get out of my home. And Spike is like, it's daylight. I can't let you get out of your home. Mm. Can't be doing that now. And then Buffy's like, well, you leave. And then Buffy's like, I, I, I can't. I mean, I want to, but I can't. Yeah, um, I like that about it, Ben. I like that it's not a force field. Yeah, I like that it's just, they can't. <laughs> no, a force field would have required budget to quickly render like an invisible shit. But I field. actually prefer this. I prefer this mystical thing of they just can't. They get to the door... <laughs> They open the door and they all just stand there looking at it going, I can't, I can't leave. Brilliant. That became kind so of a cheap. classic because we saw it in uh, this week's episode of WandaVision, Michael. It's like, why go didn't on. you go in to the town of Westview? That's true. And he's like, I, I, I doesn't want me to. Can you not yeah. feel it? And it's like, what? what? I can't. But, I can't but then Monica in. Rambeau is like, oh, okay, I'll just go in. And it's like, okay, that was short-lived. Um, but yeah, that was very entertaining, Michael. Eventually, we kind of realise that that Dawn and Buffster have to reconcile. No. And this is the bit that just makes me hate Dawn. Because Buffy's like, look, Dawn, if you want to spend more time together, and Dawn just has a little bitch fit. She just goes, get out. Get, get out. out. Get out of here. Get the fuck off away from me, Buffy. <laughs> and it's the worst. Yeah, everyone hates I Dawn, was then. just sitting there going, what yeah. are you on about? Welcome what to the, the world fuck? of hating Dawn, Ben. But I was just like, that's so nonsensical. What a you're response. You're one of us now, Ben. You're one of us now. You're you're part of the world of hating Dawn. Yeah. Um, so Joss Whedon has a little love affair going with the bottle episode, Michael. Um, he does. You, you have just finished Angel, Michael. Um, I, I didn't make it. I just watched it. And No, no, you made it. You made every episode of Angel and you've just finished now. 
Um, I'm always surprised that they aired so many episodes that you hadn't finished. But mm, um, mm, mm, mm. probably explains the quality of the show. Zing! Oh, you've um, got it. That's a simultaneous blow to Angel and a compliment to you. Because when you finish the no, show, it's damn watchable. Oh, um, thank you, man. Yeah. So anyway, what happens there, Michael, is Joss Whedon gives a very wry nod. And he's like, I've called this one Spin the Bottle. <laughs> Spin the Bottle, because it's stuck in a bottle. So oh, tell I've me about that it. one, Michael, because I haven't seen so, it. So it's part of season four, Ben, which you might remember is the worst season. Yeah, yes, definitely. Season four is awful, Ben. It's mm. full of... Uh, even one of the characters... They they know in season four that season four is off. And one of the char- characters has a side adventure with a sexy lady. Oh. And he says, no, I'm enjoying having this sexy lady side adventure because I've been stuck in a turgid, melodramatic, supernatural soap opera for the last six months. Turgid's no good. And then you're thinking, you have been, haven't you? You know, you writers know that this has been awful. <laughs> but one of the, the small highlights, Ben, is the episode Spin the Bottle. Because in Spin the Bottle, Ben, all of the characters, they get trapped in the hotel. Yeah. The hotel is where they live and work, Ben. And they all get reverted back into teenagers. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the they get reverted, not physically, so they stay middle-aged people. Oh, well, thank they God revert for that. back to their exactly, but they that's much cheaper. But they say yeah. they revert back to their teenage mentalities, Ben. Right, and the whole idea. Funnily enough, Ben, it's I think it's the only episode of season four written and directed by Joss Whedon, and it is very Joss Whedon. Okay, for example, Ben, it has a kind of fourth wall breaking um, narration by one of the characters, Lorne the demon. Okay. And it has a bit of funny, tricky camera work too, where we seem to be listening to Lorne tell a story and then the camera spins around to see who he's speaking to and we're in the scene. What? And it's not a flashback. It's not the story anymore. It's the actual story. It's not Lorne. Yeah, it's great. It's great. There's some really nice camera work. There's some really nice um, meta, meta referential stuff. And it's quite amusing. It's probably the best episode of season four. Such, such Whedon. Yeah. Now, Whedon himself, Ben, has said it's a lazy episode because the whole setup is to do this thing that they wanted to do, which okay. was bring the characters back and have a fun episode in the middle of all the turgidity. Such turgidity. So, Ben, they get, they, they try to do a memory spell to recover Cordelia's memory, but it accidentally sends them all back to their high school years. Oh, and no. The humour, of course, in that situation, Ben, is they're all very different people now. Yes, because one of them is a vampire. One of them is a 250-year-old vampire and he reverts back to a 16-year-old Irish boy. Yeah, because he's Irish, isn't he? I always forget that. He's Irish, Ben, and having rewatched Angel recently, he plays a lot of Angel as Irish. I think he's meant to... I think he plays it as Irish most of the time. In, but in it's just sense now, Michael? Hang on, hang on. I know, That's I know, exactly, Ben. I know. If you listen to him, he... I, he speaks every now and then you're struck by something and you go, was that supposed to be Irish? And I think Angel, David Boreanaz played Angel as Irish the whole time. To the best of David Boreanaz's ability. To the best of his ability, yeah. Which he played Angel lot, as Irish to the whole time. So he's like, oh my God, guys, we've got to go and get this potato. From <laughs> you're like, did he just say that in an Irish accent? Why is he doing some words in an Irish accent? And I initially was annoyed by that, but then uh, I thought, actually, you know what? If he grew up in Ireland and he lived a couple of hundred years in Ireland and then he went around the world and spent a hundred years in America, that's probably what he'd sound like. 
So I'm all right with it. Okay, right. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, if you're all right with it, Michael, I, I have no yes. choice but to be all right with it. It is one of the best episodes of Angel Ben, but I don't know if you'd get any enjoyment out of it if you didn't know the characters. Okay. Uh, I probably the, wouldn't then. No, because the humour in it, for example, is Westley. The right. Englishman Westley, played by TV's Alexis Denisov. Um, he has become quite a grizzled, hardened badass. And when he was introduced in Buffy season three, years before, right. he was kind of a bumbling dumbass. Oh, and so he reverts. To, and they get to go back to him being a bumbling dumbass. And they hey. get to revert Cordelia, who's become a heroic character, heroic, selfless character. They get to revert her to her mean teenage cheerleader persona. Oh, which you must have enjoyed, Michael. And Ben, I think more than anything, apparently, the whole cast and crew enjoyed it because it was the episode that took the longest to film because they kept fucking it up. Oh, in an enjoyable way or just because they're incompetent? In an enjoyable way. Oh, good. They, they get, David Boreanaz apparently is one of the worst corpsers in Hollywood. Oh, I see. To the extent that if you go back and watch Angel with an eye on it, you often see him laughing in scenes where he's not. The That's main quite character. entertaining that he's had such a long career, Michael, despite that. He must be a very likeable man. Boreana, I don't know if he is a very likeable man, but he has had an incredible run. He had three years on Buffy, yeah. five years on Angel, yeah. straight into ten years on Bones, yeah. and then three years on Seal Team, whatever it's like called. He doesn't need... Like, he's just steadily worked. He's... he's He is TV. And he's not magic. No, he's never made the jump to cinema really successfully, but he's just had an incredible career. Yeah, good for David. Good for David, even though apparently he might be a bit of a bad bloke. Oh, no. Yeah, he might be a bit of a groper. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it doesn't matter, Ben. We're, We're not talking about that. Benjamin. Go on. I watched another bottle episode. Go on, then. Benjamin, one of our favourite things to discuss is weird mid-season replacements. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there was a weird mid-season replacement, I think in 2007. It was a show called The Middleman, Ben. Have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't, Michael. So The Middleman is based on a comic by okay. Xavier Groucho Marx. No, that doesn't sound okay. right. No. Uh, Xavier Grillo Marchot. Never heard um, of him. No, you've never heard of him. You've never heard of the comic book, The Middleman. But The Middleman is about uh, a character, a kind of a very straight talking 1950s man like this. And he works for an agency called the Agency Too Secret for Anyone to Know About or some such. And his job is to defend the world from aliens and monsters and supernatural forces. What? and, And make sure that no one ever knows about them. Okay. But Ben, his his job, and this isn't in the description of the series, his job is to do that as cheaply as possible because it's a mid-season replacement. Okay. So, um, the middleman, Ben, he's played by Matt Kessler. You'd know him. He's one of those guys where he'd appear in something and he'd go, oh, I know him. I know that face. Yeah, and he, uh, in the first episode, he recruits a sidekick called Wendy Watson, played by uh, Natalie Morales. And the whole the whole dynamic is he's like a very old-fashioned 1950s straight-talking action man. And she's a modern 2000s lady who's smoking the marijuana and doing quips about pop culture and not taking things seriously. Okay. And he has to train her to be the next middleman. Oh, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. But 
the thing that they don't say in the description, Ben, is he has to train her to be the next middleman, but as cheaply as possible because it's a mid-season replacement. So it only ever had 12 episodes, I think. So Matt Kessler bowed out after six. No, Matt Kessler was in them all. Oh no, sorry, I thought... So whose replacement is he training? I'm I'm confused. He's training his own replacement, but, you know, she she's brand new. So she's like his apprentice. Oh, okay. Her name is Wendy Watson, but they call her Dub Dub because it's two W's. Terrible name. Or um, Dubby. Um, so it's a weird show. It's an enormously cheap show. It's one of the cheapest shows you'll ever see. But it was kind of... It's on the ABC network, Ben. So it's when, a precursor. When did it come out, Michael? 2005? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it here, Michael, and I'm having a tough time. 2008. Sorry, 2008. Okay. The Middleman, it's called, Ben. It's called The Middleman. The Middleman. Middle yeah, The Middleman. Perhaps that's what's missing. It was a weird show. There but it, it was is, ahead. Michael. There it is. There it is. You found it. Yeah. It was ahead Why of its time. It does have an Austin Powers poster. It does Michael. have an Austin Powers 50s vibe to it in some senses, and it has a. It has a. Man from Uncle vibe as well. But Ben, the thing about it to remember, it, it's enormously cheap. Michael, it gets a very good review. It's it's quite good in some ways. That's what I was trying to say, but you kept interrupting me. It's, it was a little bit ahead of its time in its kind of surrealness and its fun approach to yeah. supernatural and aliens and stuff. It's yeah. not a horrible programme. It hasn't aged very well. Mm. Although... You can see it as kind of the beginning of the modern, slightly camper take on. It shares a lot with where Supernatural ended up. Oh, okay. You know, where, you know, here's a fun take on weird Supernatural happenings. But Ben, the thing to remember is it did it enormously cheaply. Yeah. Because it was a very cheap mid-season replacement. So the episode anyway to talk about, Ben, is it was called the... Clotharian Contamination Protocol. Right. And in which, Ben, they get the middleman and Dub Dub and their robot assistant Ada get contaminated with an alien virus. Huh. It turns out, it turns out it's nanobots. But Not nanobots. Their headquarters, Ben, their headquarters building engages its Nakatomi Protocol. Oh, they lock it down. They lock it down, Ben, like the Nakatomi building. And she says, like the film Die Hard? And he says, no, like the the real-life incident that it was based on. Mm-hmm. And then she looks at him like, huh? And that's the joke, you see. There's a lot of those jokes, I'd say. Wasn't a, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And she says, ho, 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 now I've got a machine gun. And she ah. says, this is a lot like the film Die Hard. Oh, I and she see. says, I, am I Bruce Willis? And, you know, you see what I'm saying? And he's like, also, no, you're not. No, he's like, no, Dub Dub, let's take this seriously. I'm an old timey man. Huh. Um, and there are little jokes about it, like this episode must have been cheap to produce. Because we're stuck in the building, you see. And they go through the ventilation shafts, Ben, and they say, why are the ventilation shafts so big? But the ventilation shafts are so big because it's part of the Nakatomi Protocol. And when the Nakatomi Protocol is engaged, the ventilation shafts expand. Why? Outwards, so you people can crawl through them, like in the film Die Hard. Bizarre! Ho ho ho! Now I have a machine gun, but it's so cheap, Ben. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have yeah. to watch this now. We're gonna have to do yeah, a middleman do. episode. It's... I'm so intrigued by this, Michael. I would very, I would very gladly do a middleman okay, episode because it's down. a weird it's show, and we could do some research episodes. on it. But Ben, um, the ship crashes. The alien ship comes back on Voyager Two, Ben. Right. And Voyager 2 crashes to Earth okay. with this contamination on it. No. But when Voyager 2 crashes to Earth, Ben, 
<laughs> Only Dub Dub and the Middleman go to intercept it. Okay. And it's in an industrial estate. And there's like probably about 10 square foot of wreckage. No crater. Oh, that's handy. It's hilarious that something, such a huge international incident, and then a van shows up with four NASA scientists. And you know they're NASA scientists because they have blue jumpsuits with NASA written on the back of them. Excellent. Handy. (laughs) Everything is so incredibly cheap. The weird highlight of the episode, Ben, is a subplot involving Dub Dub's boyfriend saving the life of a mysterious billionaire. And then that mysterious billionaire trying to give him a job and making him go through a weird uh, job interview process. Okay. Also in a single room. Um, who do you think played the weird billionaire in 2008? Okay. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Is it t- TV famous? Very TV famous. Very TV. Old or younger? Uh, middle. Mm. But like not super famous guy. He's just a guy who's in everything. Imagine a guy who's in everything. Oh, uh, is it, no, it wouldn't be him. He's too yeah, old. Yeah, who are you thinking? Who are you thinking? I was Come thinking on, of, um, oh, my brain's not working now. I don't know his name. You don't need to know his name. Just tell me who, what he's in. He's in Office Space. He plays, it's not him. That's why I went, no, that doesn't work. It, it's the, if you could have that on my desk by five, that'd be great guy. Oh, he's that guy. Everything. Yeah, I've forgotten his name from American Gothic as well. Yeah, he's in loads of stuff. No, go yeah, on, tell me. I'm never going to get this. It's, it's someone like him. It's Mark Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up and, I, and all I can think of, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course it is. Who else would it be? Who else could it possibly TV's be? TV's Mark Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> I the love busiest it. man in Hollywood. The only, the only man busier it. than him is David Boreanaz. Mark Shepard is bizarre. He pops up in everything. 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 Funnily enough, Ben, I have another Mark Shepard thing this week, but we might not get to it this week. We're out of time, Michael. We're going to have to do a bottle episode part two. All righty then. Two bottles of beer left on the wall. Um, We're way over time this week, Michael. But that's the sign of a good episode. You know, that's an enjoyed episode. So we'll do a part two. We'll pencil it down for a couple of weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, if we're having a part two, that means you have time to let us know what we missed. What are your favourite bottle episodes and do you think they're a useful writing technique do you think oh, they're a ben, bit hold math? on a second oh, hold on. on a second I, I did not think the Clothorian protocol experiment was a good bottle episode I oh, think it sorry. was a, a bad example of a bottle episode actually oh, thank because you. although they it was a bottle episode in a sense that they locked the building down and yeah. the, only the main characters were trapped in it Yeah, but when I first saw it it's, it was in my memory. When you said bottle episodes, I remembered this show from 2008. And I went, oh, Middleman. Because that jumped out in my mind as the bottle episode. But I think it was because the the glee that they had in pointing out this is a bottle episode made it stick out in my mind. But watching back on it, it was a bit much. And it's so cheap, Ben. I was it's 16 so years cheap. old, Michael. I probably would have loved yeah, yeah. it. You probably would have, Ben. It was very good. I probably would have loved it. Um... Right, and Ben, and Ben. Go on. It has classic, you don't see it very much anymore, but it has classic uh, early 2000s exploitation scenes. Like? Where they get contaminated and the very attractive male and female leads have to strip down to their underpants. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, this sounds amazing. We're doing an episode on Middleman at some point in the future. All righty then, I think Um, I have it on DVD, Ben. 
ladies and gentlemen, what are your best and worst bottle episodes? We will be doing a part two. It won't be next week. It'll be sometime in the future. What we are doing next week, ladies and gentlemen, is cast your mind oh, back boom. to the Emerald Isle. And the glorious men that lived there with words made of poetry and chests made of hair and rain. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we'll be taking a look <laughs> at finding love in Ireland. <laughs> Wait, hang on. I have to get this to keep that pose. Um, this is absolutely amazing. Oh, give me my... Bloody, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Michael has just waited for this moment his entire life. And uh, this is it. He just, this is what he's been waiting for. Bloody topless, Michael. Done. Okay. I have that. Chest now. made of hair and rain. Excellent promotional material. I think that was pretty good for a spur of the moment off the cuff joke. Um, but yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be taking a look at the bloody romantic comedy in Ireland, inspired no, largely no. by Wild Valley Mountain Sage Time, whatever. Um, that hasn't come out yet, but was supposed to be out by now. Um, yeah, we can't watch that. We'll just have to watch others. We'll have to watch others, like Leap Year and etc. Oh, what do you God, think of the it. unrealistic expectations of Irish men and women set up in movies? Although it's mostly men, I very rarely see an Irish female love interest. I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased. No, well, maybe I'm we'll have sure. to look into it, Ben. We'll have to look into it, Michael. Anyway, we'll be doing that next week, so you can join us for that, ladies and gentlemen. If you enjoy, ben! go on. Do we have to watch Far and Away? We do, yeah. It's all, oh, no. all happening. It's all happening. I've already watched Leap Year, Michael, so I'm ready. Oh, no. I'm ready. Um, oh. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, um, what do you think of this week's episode? Let us know. There's a bunch of places where you can uh, give us an L review. It does help the L podcast. Um, we would very much like to be the 34th most listened to pop culture podcast in Sweden's charts. So please <laughs> get on that wherever you are. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll hopefully climb those charts. That's it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Bye-bye. Uh, ben, you forgot to tell us about the website. Oh, there's a website. www.shomrabeog.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com It means very room in Irish. There's also a bloody Instagram. Uh, Shomrabeog, at Shomrabeog. Just check us out. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G. It also still kind of means tiny room in Irish. Okay, bye. Oh, we're going. All right, see ya. We're stuck in a bottle. Oh, that's terrible.